NFL and NCAA football. I want to welcome on recurring guest, Mr. Dean Blandino. Dean, how's everything going for you? It's going really well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on and uh, getting ready for football season. So are, are you like already in the zone or do you have just week one kind of hit? Is that when it kind of kicks in for you? Not quite in the zone, starting to kind of get prepared for the zone, but we've got, we've got still got a couple of weeks, you know, preseasons, uh, you know, kicked off. We had the hall of fame game. We've got a week of preseason games. So I'm excited to, to check out some of the preseason games, but we'll get, you know, really get ramped up as we get closer to uh, Labor Day and college football and then the NFL the following week. With this year, with the preseason only being, aside from the Hall of Fame game, only being three full weeks, were you surprised the NFL did three weeks, then a buffer for a break, then kicking off week one, rather than just kind of having it going right into this regular season? Yeah, I, I you know, having been a part of those conversations for a long time and, and you know, shortening the preseason, that's been something the NFL has talked about for a while. And and, uh, and it, so it doesn't surprise me as you as you have the three weeks to evaluate and play those preseason games and to have that break uh, because everything, you know, you're trying to keep players healthy. You're trying to to maintain that, you know, for the players. And so that, I, I like the fact that they're keeping that break. Um, teams can get their rosters set. You can kind of have that additional time for for players to, to rest up and, and maybe heal from injury and then and then get, get going for the regular season. So, so we had some big, uh, big officiating news this week. Uh, taunting, taunting is no longer tolerated. Has this been in the works for a while, or was that a surprise to you? This kind of came about. No, I mean it's not a surprise when you think about sportsmanship and taunting. Taunting is it's it's always been a foul, but I think um, the the point of emphasis is really stuff that's directed at an opponent, and then I think for people. Um, you know, you shouldn't confuse this with the celebrations, right? The stuff in the end zone after a touchdown, when the, when, when the players get together and they celebrate, that, that's different. That's okay. This is stuff. A lot of this is more one-on-one. -on -one. A lot of this is it's when you direct something at your opponent, whether that's, whether that's verbally, whether, you know, it's something demonstrative, maybe throwing the football at or spiking the ball at the, at the feet of the defender, that type of thing. That's what I think the, the, the league is looking to you know, just continue to, to get out of the game. Do you think there was one set event that led to this or just kind of a, a, a kind of a multitude of things? No, I, I don't think there was any one one incident. I think this was just a growing concern amongst whether, you know, it's coaches and people on the competition committee and officials that, um, you know, that type of stuff might have been ramping up a little bit. And uh, and they wanted to really nip it in the bud and just make sure um, the celebration stuff is great. Celebrate with your teammates. This is going to be more so directed at an opponent. They wanted to get get that out. You think soon we'll, we'll be having hearing the broadcasters talk about discerning what's the difference between taunting and what's celebration? Yeah, it's it's. I think it's inevitable. I, I think again. I think the key thing is was it directed at the opponent, right? You just you know you intercept a pass and and the whole team runs down to the end zone and they celebrate and, and kind of pose for the. For the camera, that's fine. But if you intercept the pass and then get up in the quarterback's face or get up in the receiver's face, I think that's a different issue. And I think most of the time you're going to be able to, to differentiate between the two. Sometimes the blur, the lines are blurred um, and, uh, and there's a little bit more you know, judgment involved. But I think for the most part, you'll be able to figure it out. Then I want to ask you, so with some of the, obviously the vaccines starting to roll out slower than anticipated um, and guys are slowly but surely they're getting getting the, the shots. Are you surprised? Were, were you surprised at the lower? Were the numbers lower than you anticipated, or did you, was it about what you thought? 
You know, I, I don't, I didn't really have any, you know, kind of predisposition going in because this is something that we, you know, at least in our lifetime, we haven't experienced anything like this. So I, I think the NFL, you know, the NFL is always kind of a microcosm of society. And there, and there are people that are, um, you know, hesitant or wary of the vaccine. There might be underlying medical issues. There might be other issues. So I think just like in, in everyday life, you're, you're going to have that. And I think the NFL is no different. So I didn't really have an idea of what, you know, I knew that, that the numbers would, you know, would grow as time went on and as we learn more about the vaccine. So I think the NFL is, is done a, has done a good job. And, and I don't think, you know, I don't think we'll ever get to 100%, but um, you know, for those that don't want to get vaccinated, they're going to have to go through the protocols and it's going to feel a lot like 2020 for, for unvaccinated players. And in, in the, I thought, it, I don't know if you found, I found it pretty odd that there there's no rescheduling for this year. It's, it's a forfeit. Was that a surprise to you or do you think they don't want it to go through that hassle they did last yeah, year? Yeah, no, I don't think it was a surprise. I think this year is a little bit different because you don't have, you have 17 regular season games, right? So you have that additional week. Um, it, it's just going to be that much harder to reschedule games. And, uh, and last year, look, the NFL did a tremendous job in, in getting 256 regular season games. Um, and now, now we're talking about another, another week, another 16 games on top of that. It just becomes harder and harder to reschedule those games. And I think that also puts pressure on the, the, the players and the, and the staffs to, to ensure that they're following the protocols and, uh, and and keeping themselves safe and keeping others safe so that you don't forfeit a game because that's a, that's a worst case scenario, because if that game is forfeited um, you know, no one, no one gets paid. The players don't get that game check. That's a big, big, big deal. So you don't even think for like a week 17, maybe it's a, a like a, a clinching matchup. They still like if there's maybe if there's a there, there's they could they wouldn't push it to that Monday that Tuesday they would really just say sorry this is what we said we're going with it you know I I don't know obviously they're gonna you know things can change yeah and and, and the you know if this is gonna decide right if this yeah. is gonna decide the NFC East and that type yeah. of thing uh, but again you know there's competitive there there's everything has a ripple effect right there's always a domino effect. Whereas now you move a game and now it impacts not just those two teams, but it impacts their opponents. It impacts, you know, you know, going into the postseason, somebody's on shorter rest or longer rest. So, so they don't make these decisions in a vacuum. There's always these, these other things they have to consider. So remains to be seen. Um, but you know, the NFL is saying right now they're, 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 they're not going to, like you said, reschedule and teams may have to forfeit if they have an outbreak. Were there any other kind of like minor officiating tweaks in the offseason that fans might have not been aware of, but they'll notice as the games get going? You know, I don't think there was anything minor. Um, you know, the rules changes, I think there were a couple of rules changes that I think fans are going to notice right away. Um, you know, the one being with instant replay and, 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 and the replay, the video, being able to give video assistance in certain areas. Um, I think the goal there is to maybe cut down on some coaches' challenges and to provide input from from the, the the replay booth in real time um, so I think that's something that's going to that's going to come up from time to time I think the low block rule where where now they've created what's called the tight end box so that's you know that's going to be the normal outside edge of the tight end position five yards on either side of the of the line of scrimmage and that's really where you know it's legal to block below the waist and once you go outside that box 
um, it's going to be illegal. So I think we're going to see some of that, um, especially defensive players, defensive backs that are taking on bigger, bigger offensive linemen that were in the past able to go low. Um, they're not going to be able to go low. And when they do outside that, that zone, it's going to be a foul. So I think that's going to pop up as well. Interesting. And I also saw that uh, Al Riveron is stepping down. Are you expecting any immediate effects from that? Or do you think not much is going to change too quickly? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, Al was part of the replay decision-making process, but there were other people in that room with Al. So, so I don't think there will be any major, major changes or differences in how the process is run. Um, because there were other people, like I said, that were a part of that process in, in the past. So, uh, you know, Al had a great career and I'm happy for him to kind of take some time and, and, and be able to spend time with his family. And, and uh, there's other people that will step in and, and, and just continue that, that role. And then and as we approach week one with especially a lot of younger players, rookies coming on, what, what are you going to expect from the rookies that maybe they're not used to from the college game that's going to be heavily enforced officiating wise at the pro level? Yeah, well, I think from a defensive standpoint, right, the defensive backs have to quickly get up to speed on illegal contact, right? Because in college, there is no illegal contact rule. And that's that's the initiating contact beyond five yards as the receiver's running the route. If the quarterback's in the pocket, once the receiver goes five yards, you can't initiate that contact. In college, they don't have that rule. So I think that's a big, that's a big transition for, for college defensive backs that come into the NFL. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the player safety rules are, are, for the most part, in line. You know, targeting carries the, the automatic disqualification in the NFL. Um, it isn't an automatic disqualification, but the rules are more or less the same. So um, what I like about college football and the NFL, the rules at least, they're getting closer together. So there isn't that, that real steep, steep learning curve, but there's still going to be things that, that the players, obviously, you know, the one foot versus two feet and, and down by contact in the NFL versus, you know, being down um, without defensive contact. So I think those are things players have to get used to. Then flipping over the college side, obviously a lot of news has been in the last in recent months about NIL guys can benefit benefit off their own name, image, and likeness. Or is there is NCAA are they setting a, a set kind of standard for like all right, when when you're on the field, there's no sponsors, there's nothing, you're kind of in your attire, or is that up in the air? Yeah, from what I understand, it, it, it those are those are broadcast rights. So if a game is if a game is being broadcast on Fox Sports or ESPN. There's only certain brands, certain brands and, and products that can be on those broadcasts. So I think that kind of falls into that category and the limits you can do. So I don't think we're going to see players with, you know, the, the Pepsi sticker on their helmet. That That's something that um, would, would violate the broadcast agreements. But I think the other stuff, the NIL stuff is going to be, uh, you know, more so off the field and, and, and things that players are, are going to be able to do to, to, uh, you know, to get and, and rightfully so in terms of be able to benefit from, you know, their own their own name, image and likeness. Well, what, what was your whole thoughts on how all that stuff's transpired and just kind of how it's kind of blown up and kind of. Yeah, I mean, you look, we you we wish if we had a time machine, you know, ultimately, I think this is something that if if however long, 10, 15, 20 years ago, if, if something had been put in place some structure to to give the players more, you know, whether it's a stipend or, or things, I know they get certain things. And obviously people are going to say, well, they're getting a scholarship and they're getting an education. That's great. 
but you know, these universities, these coaches, there, there's a lot of money that's being made and, and it's the players that are, that are really, you know, that are, that are the foundation for that. So, um, you know, I think it came to a head and, and now it just feels like, um, you know, there's not a lot of the NCA has really left it up to um, the the individual, right? The states and the other and the other laws that 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 are going to be in place, and so it's kind of a it's it's almost like a free for all right now. And and you know, maybe had we 15, 20 years ago put some more structure in place and 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 help those players out, um, maybe we wouldn't be here. But we're here, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Are you surprised the NCAA is not? They don't, they're not going to allow Reggie Bush to reclaim his Heisman. Yeah. You know, I was surprised. It, it's, you know, when you think about all of those things and obviously, you know, there were rules in place at the time and, and rules were, you know, were violated, but I was surprised. I think that'll, I still think that'll, that'll work itself out. You know, that's, oh, you do? that's yeah, I, I, I do. I think that'll work itself out at some point. Um, you know, I know Reggie, you know, he hadn't been back to USC and he went back um, to USC, uh, for a game, I think two years ago. And, um, so I'm hopeful that they can, they can figure that out. And, uh, cause obviously he was, a, you know, a, a great college football player and, and meant a lot to that university. And then obviously winning the Heisman and, and everything else that went with it. Those are amazing accomplishments. And then for the preseason, do you know if the officials are doing anything, can we be testing things out to seeing if it, if it works better that they can maybe bring with them into the regular season, or is it kind of just business as usual? Well, I think, you know, what's, What's interesting is that we didn't have the preseason last year. Yeah. So um, this is going to be kind of a, a, a really extended delay. And when you think about preseason football from an officiating standpoint, you do want your officials, not that you're testing things out, but you're going to be a little more liberal in terms of throwing the flag because you want to try to, to, to set the tone in the preseason. The games don't count in the standings. So you want to try to set the bar. Where is, you know, where is, acceptable if we're talking about offensive linemen hands outside the frame where is the bar going to be the standard for offensive holding and if you can set that in the preseason and maybe throw the flag a little bit more and then you can kind of look at the video and say okay that is holding that isn't holding you can kind of have a good standard going into the regular season so I think it's again it's it's players are it's it's it's, it's a time for coaches to evaluate players for players to get ready and it's time for the same thing on the officiating side for the officiating department and their leadership to evaluate officials and kind of set the standards for the regular season without impacting the standings in the regular season. Do, do you think the league office has been in touch with the officiating department kind of saying, cause I know in a different sport, but during the NBA playoffs, there was a lot of very long reviews and everybody was kind of, is, is the NFL kind of paying attention to other sports to make sure that we can, they can get it in a timely manner? No question. I think every, every sport that has replay and now you're seeing replay in almost, you know, all the major, obviously the major sports and you're seeing it in college sports and Olympic sports and even high school. And I think, I think efficiency and, 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 you know, seamless, you know, in that process is really important. And a lot of, and I love, I love the NBA. I love, uh, you know, the NBA basketball, but it did feel like there were some games and sometimes that's heightened and we get, yeah. but there were some games where the last two minutes, it felt like we were constantly going to review and maybe yeah. those reviews, they feel, and I can guarantee you, I can tell you from personal experience, when you're, when you're doing it and you're in the replay booth or you're in the, you're in the command center, it goes quick when you're on the outside watching it, it feels forever, right? So you've got to try to figure out and just be mindful and have that internal clock. So I think 
Um, those those interruptions to the game, every the NFL is absolutely looking at that. The NBA looks at that, baseball, hockey, because you don't want to continue to interrupt the game unnecessarily and have these long breaks because we, we want to watch the game, right? We want to watch the players play and, and the game decided that way. And, and uh, replay is great and, and, it, and it's a, a safety net, but, uh, but you know, you got to just be guard against using it too much when it's not necessary. Is there ever, has there been any thought to ever kind of like having the replay center prepped and ready to go and looking at already as the officials are making their way to the replay booth that way, as soon as they get put up, they put on the headset, they're kind of ahead of the game instead of kind of starting from behind where the fans are. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're doing. So in every, in every command center, um, you know, as soon as the play happens, you have people watching that play. So even, even before it goes to review, they should be looking at that and kind of working through their process. So ideally, and this, you know, I know this from my NFL experience, but I know in, in, in the other sports, they're doing the similar same thing. Um, you know, even before it goes to review, they should have already started looking at it and they should have a head start and the ability then to uh, to go in and, 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 and make that decision in a more efficient manner. Do you think we've made any progress of potentially ever having a sky judge or is that still like not going to happen? I think the NFL is taking a first step with this, the video assistance um, from upstairs. I don't think I, and I don't think it's a good idea to say that we would ever, you know, have, um, you know, a sky judge or whatever it is that that would have all of the same, the same responsibilities and the same power that an on field official does. I, I just think, again, as we talk about game flow and, and game length and interrupting the game, if if every decision we're waiting for somebody upstairs to kind of give a thumbs up or a thumb down, thumbs down. That's that's going to interrupt the game. And that's where I think it's too far. I think you have to you have to be able to fix some things and do it seamlessly and, and let the officials officiate the game and, and uh, you know, and just step in when it's needed. Are you guys at Fox doing anything cool this year that fans are going to notice is a little bit different? Um, you know, I think there's going to be they're always tweaking things and, and technology. I think last year and, and, you know, last couple of years we've seen. Um, you know, what's called the Megalodon camera, which looks, has that cinematic feel when you're watching the game. And oh, like and, the 8K uh, is, the, is that? Yeah. That? Yeah. It has okay. this very, very like theat theatrical kind of look. And, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of cool things uh, that, that you'll see on the Fox sports broadcast and got some, some, some new people like, you know, Greg Olson and Mark mm -hmm. Sanchez and, and, and some others, uh, coming in, Akeem Talib is going to be full time, and 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 I'm excited about the uh, you know the people that they brought in and some of the cool cool things that you'll see on the broadcast. So on an average Sunday, how many games are you watching at once in case they call you to go here and then here and then here and then there? Yeah, so on an average Sunday, the early window that's where you have more more games. So anywhere if I'm there with my you know my colleague Mike Pereira, um, we might each have two or three games, and and so it's not too bad if Mike's traveling. Um, with uh, with our crew, our, our our A crew, you know Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, then I'll have, you know, I could have up to four or five games, um, and and it's you know it's not too bad. I'm used to it. The NFL, you know, you might have you might have ten games going on at once. So um, you have we have people that monitor each game and they can help you identify. Hey, there's a close catch at the sideline, or they just ruled interception in the end zone here, and I can start to look at it start to formulate my opinion, my thoughts, get, gather my thoughts together. And then if I need, if I need to go on the air, I'm ready to do so. Do you think with that new, the, the newer camera they introduced last year, I know they showed a lot of it, especially in the NBA playoffs. I don't know if they, it's just like a new model or new technology. I know they use it a lot also at NCAA tournament. 
Um, do you think they'd ever go like on a, on a red zone play, they would cut to that as the main camera, or do you think they would kind of have the, that normal feed they normally do? No, I think, you know, I think there are opportunities for that. I think that those are things you'll see, you know, experimenting with on the broadcast. I think there are some things that just continue to work and some standards um, that, that most broadcasters use and most producers use and stick with that, that the, the general shot, the, op- the, the initial shot, and then they can go to the individual camera feeds. Um, but again, I think, I think as technology continues to improve and evolve, I think we're going to see a lot of really cool, uh, a lot of really cool features and a lot of really cool, uh, you know, looks on, on the broadcast. What was that cool camera that used a couple of years ago in that Cardell Patterson touchdown return that really just kind of just followed him the whole way? Do you remember that? Um, I'm trying to remember which one. I don't know the specifics. But, yeah. But, but yeah. like I said, there's the technology. I mean, every day it's evolving. And so, um, you know, what even five years ago, what, what we were looking at um, is, isn't, isn't near the quality that we're looking at today. And then it'll continue five years from now. We'll have, you know, we'll have even, even higher definition if that's even possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, uh, and then one last question for you. Is there anything you're specifically looking forward to as the season gets going or anything, any games or anything in mind? Uh, Yeah. I'm just looking forward to hopefully having, having fans in the stadiums, right. Having, having that crowd and, and, and you kind of, um, I think we got, we kind of got used to it last year and it, and it felt, but it, but when you watch a game without the fans and then you go back and watch a game with the fans, it's, it's such a different experience. So, so I'm just looking at that. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to the return to football. I'm looking forward to, you know, all the things, you know, NFL, NFL football kind of brings people together. And I think that's, that's something that, that I've always loved about the game and, and we can share it with our friends and family and, and community. And, and I'm just looking forward to that. Any any teams you got your eye on that most people maybe aren't paying attention to? Oh man, I don't know. It's so the, the beauty about the NFL. It's like, you know, it's the one sport where where truly there, there's maybe you know two or three teams that you say, well, they don't have a chance. But it's like 27, 28 teams have a chance to win the whole thing. It's crazy every year. You know, there's an, a ridiculous stat. I don't know for the last 20 years or so, it's like four new teams make the playoffs every year. Um, so it, it's pretty crazy. I just think, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like, um, you know, Washington football team. I think you know they they could be they could be a, a sleeper. I know they won the division last year, but they didn't really, you know, was uh, they didn't have a great record. The, the NFC East wasn't wasn't really good compared to other divisions last year. Um, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited because, because uh, like I said, there's so many fan bases right now that have so much hope. And, and, uh, and so who knows, who knows who's going to win it all. Is, is it weird for you guys on air to refer to them as football team or is you kind of used to it now? No, you I mean, you're, I'm used to it by now. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's become, um, you know, just part of the normal lexicon, the Washington football team. And, uh, you know, I, Quite frankly, I wouldn't be shocked if they just kept it right. You know, like the, you know, like football club, like FC and things like that. And, and, and you see in Europe, European football and football around the world, not just in Europe. Um, so, so I could see that. I don't know, you know, where they are in terms of a name search, but I think it's become, it, it, it's no longer that first year you kind of, you, you know, you, you tend to go back to the old name, but, but I don't think that's the case anymore. 
No, yeah. I know around here, it's just kind of weird when you just like, who do you like football team? They're like, is that a real thing? Um, yes. Yeah. No, yeah. But I do appreciate you taking time. Um, how can people find you on social media and keep up with you? Yeah. I mean, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. So you can find me, you know, at Dean Blandino and, and tweet DM. I'll, you know, start once the season gets going, I'll, I'll start tweeting about specific plays and ask me questions. And, uh, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter and I love to converse with fans and, and kind of, uh, you know, connect that way. Did you get any interesting fan interactions last year? If people didn't agree with your calls? Always. It, it doesn't matter. There's always, <laughs> you're always going to get people, uh, people that disagree with you. And, uh, and, and so I, it's probably, it's probably 30% positive, 70% negative, but that's fine. I'll take, I'll take the 30%. Is there any, anything that sticks out any specific play that you were like, I can't, I didn't even imagine this guy would, somebody would think of this. This is the slay. Well, every, you know, people, what the best part about right fans is they, they they tend to look at their team through rose colored glasses. So sometimes I'll go, Whoa, Whoa, that's, there's no way, you know, what, whatever, what you're telling me is, completely off base but i get it it went against your team so you're gonna you're always gonna support your team so that's fine did you even click on them you just kind of ignore them um you know i i try to you know especially on saturdays and sundays i try to go through my feed and and because you know people have legitimate questions i try to answer those um and uh you know some stuff is just silly and it's fine like it's not a big deal i don't take anything personally but i do try to find you know the legitimate questions and people have you know, cause I think that's good. I think that's part of what we do as rules analysts. And if we can make the game, you know, the rules easier to understand. And, and, and that's, you know, that's a fact when you, when any sport and that's, you know, there've been polls when people understand the rules, the enjoyment is better, right? When they, when they understand what's going on, they, they enjoy the, the experience better. So if we can, if we can help in that end, I think that's a good thing. And then between the college and the pro fan base, which, which fan base do you feel like is more, has a better grasp on the rules and is more agreeable to what you guys are talking about? Um, you know, it, it varies. I, I, I don't, you know, I get, you know, the two most, you know, the, the most passionate fan base, at least for me, because we do a lot of big 10 games, at least on the officiating side, Ohio state fans, man, when they, when something goes, a call goes against Ohio state. And if I agree with the call that went against the Ohio state, <laughs> Buckeye Nation is not happy with me. They are just not. And I'm just, hey, I'm just doing my job. I have to, I have to kind of give my opinion. So, but they're knowledgeable. I mean, I don't think, you know, there's NFL fans that, you know, Eagles fans give me grief. I do a lot of Eagles games. Well, that's, their, that's their job. That, of course, that's, that's <laughs> just part of when you sign up to be an Eagles fan, that's part of it. But yeah. um, they know what they're talking about. And, uh, and so it's fun when you can have those exchanges um, with people and uh and so i like that yeah no, yeah well i do appreciate you taking the time as always can't wait for the season to get rolling because olympics are done it's just baseball but finally get some preseason going on yeah i'm ready awesome awesome do appreciate it and thank you thank you again thanks zach